Today's message has been brought to you by Faith Family Church in Billings, Montana. For more information, visit faithfamilybillings.com. Father, we just thank you so much for your goodness. We thank you for your truth. We thank you, Father, for the Holy Spirit who lives and, and who abides in us, who is our teacher. We're so grateful for your faithfulness. We're so grateful for your kindness. We're so grateful for... Uh, the love and the mercy and the grace and the peace that, that lives inside of us, the, the fruit of the Spirit, Lord. We're thankful, Lord, that um, we've been born again and the grace that we received is the grace that also empowers us to live in obedience to you. Father, we know that uh, we are going to face tribulation in this life, but you told us to be of good cheer. Uh, You said we could be of good cheer because you've overcome the world. And so we're grateful for that, that we have the name of Jesus, that we have the grace of God, that, Lord, no matter our circumstances around us, we have security, peace, and truth on the inside of us. So, Holy Spirit, I I thank you for utterance today uh, during this time. I thank you, Father, that uh, your word is going to go forth as anointed uh, by, the, by your power and your hand, and it will minister life, transformation of thinking. It is health and medicine to our flesh, and it is uh, a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. And as we follow in line with your word, Lord, I just thank you that we are performing submission to you and resistance of the enemy, and he flees from us. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name, amen. You know, the scripture says, and I, I love this passage of scripture, um, but it says, though the mountains be, fall into the sea, right? Though the, mount, though, the, though the earth quakes and the mountains fall in, into the sea, the word of the Lord endures forever. Yeah. So when you're, when you're on the word, when, you're, uh, when you have yourself positioned on the word of God and you're uh, faithful to the word of God and you are... Uh, engaging with the word of God, you'll be blessed. Did you know that? Some of you still need to wake up. (laughs) You'll be blessed. The world will be cursed and you'll be blessed. Now, people say, oh, yes, you know, we'll be the champions, you know. The reason why the Lord does that, though, is because he wants the world to come in. So when they see the blessing on you because you're obedient to the word, then they're like, what do you got that I don't got? And that's being, that's inviting people to the table. You know, we quote that scripture sometimes, you know, he prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. And it's like, you know, people get this picture. I know I did years ago because I was just ignorant. But uh, they get this picture of, you know, me sitting at my table eating real good and laughing, you know, ha, 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 none of you enemies can have any of this. No, we're blessed at the table because we're to invite those in that are enemies to God and make them become uh, father and son or father and daughter, right? Um, and so the, 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 when, you, when you have that mentality, see, sometimes people think this, people think that... Uh, that the world is at enmity with God, and they are in a sense, but it's not on God's side. All right. Through Christ, God has made peace with the world. Okay, we'll, we'll just do this. This will give you a, uh, a picture and a thought that will kind of rattle 
rattle the uh, uh, brains a little bit. God sent Jesus for the Jews and the Palestinians. Huh? Yeah, I know, I know. All our little wrath of man wants to get in there and go, oh, this is not right. You know what I mean? And there is a point where obviously we need to defend ourselves. We don't need to just, you know, we don't want to turn into the terrorist. Do you understand what I mean by that? So what I mean by that is this. If God had the opportunity, and he did, if God had the opportunity to talk to somebody who is involved in in Hamas and and lead them in repentance, would he do it? So is that our first thought? It better be. Amen. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. But see, if you have an eternal mindset, that won't be a problem for you. It's your flesh that gets hackled. <laughs> you know what I mean by that? It's, it's our flesh that gets hackled. Well, it's not right. We should defend those, those kids. Those, absolutely. People sometimes think, they think, oh, you're, you're a, a loving preacher. You don't believe that you should, we should have, you know, guns. And No, no, I totally believe we should have guns. Got one myself right? Got to conceal and carry myself, right? I have a, have a, have a, uh, 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 I've gone through level two training. Actually, I beat Mark in a shootout. (laughs) I know that's ornery of me. I'm sorry. (laughs) Yeah. He's like, let's go again. (laughs) He was even talking trash to me on my last shot. It's like, I like this guy. I nailed that target, and he goes, you, you got ice in your veins. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's just time, it's a wake-up part of the session. Um, but, but I totally believe it. I mean, I would never, you know, uh, if you've looked at some of the news media and stuff and some of the things that uh, Hamas did to the Israeli women and children and things like that, of course, I would not hesitate to take up arms and defend in that situation. I would pray for my enemy first because I don't, once the, the, once the shots are fired, you know, you can't get them back unless you raise them from the dead, <laughs> which would be a unique battle scenario. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> but, but, but I guess my point in that is this. <clears throat> my point in that is that, that we need to think gospel and eternity first like we need to think in terms of salvation of the individual before we think of going the route of some of the natural things that we have to do in this world that won't be taking place when Christ is ruling and reigning so Jesus made statements like this you need to sell your cloak and buy a sword now why would he say that amen Come on. Are we in America? Yeah. All right, all right, all right, all right. You know, and, and, and people think, well, yeah, we're in America, but that's not the Bible. It is the Bible. I, I need to teach on uh, military and self-defense and stuff like that. There are some good books out there. Bobby Ending has a great one of the necessity, right? 
The scripture says in the Old Testament, you prepare the horse for battle, you prepare the chariot, but you believe God. You don't put your trust in the chariot and the horse. You put your trust in God. But there is a time to have to be able to deal with some of those situations. But our first thought in obedience should be, I, I want to pray for this person. I want this person to be born again. My first thought in obedience would be, in many cases, if we're gospel-centered, is I'm going to lay down my life for the chance that you'll get born again. Because that's what Jesus would do. Amen? But how many know Jesus is not going to let uh, destruction into heaven? In fact, when he comes back at the second advent, the millennial reign, he's going to go ahead and clear it all out. He's going to flush it, you know, flush the toilet, so to speak. He's just going to get rid of it. The Bible actually says that the blood will be as deep as the bridles on the horses. That's pretty deep. And, and people say, well, that's... that's you know, our, psych, our psychology world, which has invaded the church, it should have gone the other way around. Because secular psychology is forming the thinking of men, and it shouldn't. It, it, can be, it can be addressed through the filter of the word, but not the other way around. We don't, we don't read something in a secular book and go, and look at the Bible and go, well, that's wrong. This is, I can see how this is really Right? You know, these scientists that are studying God's creation, they don't know more than the one who made it. Right? They don't know more. Now, we can take information, and when we're grounded in the word of God, the Holy Spirit will say, see, this is why I wrote this verse. Sometimes I, I look at things that, you know, have you ever watched, uh, how many have seen a commercial like for, uh, like a business opportunity or, you know, uh, I want to show you the 10 principles of what I did to become a millionaire. You know, and they're, they're in there, you know, standing next to their Lamborghini. You ever look through the principles? They're from here. And I'm not saying this about all of them, but many times those people have taken God's principles, used them that are in here, they're stated in here, and then they reject God. They, they say, I did, me, I grew, I did this, I did that. I'd, and Christians do the same thing. Well, I pulled myself up by the bootstraps. Well, let me help you with something. You wouldn't have anything to pull bootstraps with if God didn't make you. So maybe some humility is in order. And people say, oh, God cares enough about you, he will humble you. <laughs> Glory to God. I love it. I just absolutely love it. The, the further you get with the Lord, the longer you walk with him, the more the word just balances and balances and balances. And it's just like a grinder. It grinds off the trash in our thinking. You know? Or you'll see this, you know, you'll see... Um, the, you'll see uh, athletes, you know, they give glory to God, which they should, Right? They, they should do that, but they'll give glory to God for things, but they'll talk about everything they did, which doing and, and, and practicing is a good thing, right? We, we should have obedience. That's what we're talking about, but not from the standpoint of what, 
like, like we're the resource of the doing. Do you know that the, actually the only, the only thing that we have full control over in a sense, and it is true, is our will. The very function of my being, if I'm in faith, I live and move and have my being in him. The reason why you and I can do what we do at a great level, wherever we're gifted, is not because we just worked that gift so much. It's because we were actually given the gift first, then we chose to engage in what God said about us, then we chose to use our faith in line with the ability that he's given us, and then we're working from an understanding of grace, which is an empowerment to do what's right. Which tells me this, that all the glory needs to go back to him. Right? So, the, even when we're talking about, go over to Ephesians. I know we're in James 1, but I'm going to skip back. The book of Ephesians chapter 2. I need you to see this again. I'm going to teach the book of Ephesians, by the way. Um, but the book of Ephesians chapter 2, verse number 8. The reason why... Uh, I've had any level of success in my life is not because, it, yes, I chose to engage my will with God, but beyond that, I, everything else I give glory to God for. I remember I was down at uh, Ramah one time, and I, there was this guy that was coming to Ramah uh, Bible Church, and I don't know if he was a student or not or what he was, but I was at a gas station getting gas, and he parked his car intentionally kind of away from the pump a little bit, and he walked over to me, he had a Bible in his hand. I didn't know him, but he was just looking for an opportunity to evangelize because he was on fire. And so, and, I mean, this is, when you do this, you are, you got nothing else on your mind but Jesus, right? And, and winning souls. But he parked his car a little bit away and he, he looked at me and he said, sir, sir, do you think I can get this gas pump thing? This is the weirdest thing. But anyway, gas pump handle, do you think I can make it to my car? You know, and he was a little cockeyed and stuff. And I said, I don't know. He said, you know, the Bible says I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I'm thinking, bro, amen. Glory to God. Sometimes I find myself in the weirdest situations. You know what I mean? It's like, but kudos to him. I mean, he's doing everything to win a soul, to start a conversation about Jesus. Actually, <laughs> one of the best people at it in our church is Johnny Kanoski, hands down. And now he's better than that guy by far. <laughs> that guy's probably like a, he's probably won like 100,000 people to the Lord on the street by now, you know. But Johnny, like he'll just walk up to people and he'll say, you know, he'll just look at him and go, that's a nice smile. And I'm like, I never think of that. You know, I'm a, but he'll engage them and then move toward. But see, is that just good? So think of it like this. Are we just talking about, in, in, as, as, as we define success many times in the world, are we just talking, oh, I was a gym rat. That's why I'm this strong. It's amazing. You know, I, I work the systems the systems. I have finances. I, I know the systems. I know the system. I know how to sell things. I know how to engage people because I understand psychology. Are we doing all of that from a natural mindset? Because it's invaded the church. 
And you know what's happening? The systems are failing many in the church because they're not functioning from the reality of where the systems came. They're in love with the hand of God and have forgot what the face of God looks like. Amen. This is what can happen to us if we're not aware. And so let let me show you this. Ephesians 2 verse 8. For by grace you have been saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. So did we earn our salvation? No, we did not. Now I love verse 9. Not of works lest anyone should what? But there's a lot of Christians boasting in their works. You're earning nothing if there isn't if there isn't reverence for God in the sense of understanding and working from what we've been provided. Now let's prove it through verse 10. Go to verse 10. For we are his what? Created in Christ Jesus for which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. We are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus. Anything that we succeed at that he led us to do is he gets all the glory. Now, he gets all the glory to the point we take none. There are people that treat worldly success as a God. I'm talking about in the church. Ministry, it's the same in the ministry. I won't leave, I won't leave business people out you know, on their own or, or whatever. Whatever your area, whatever it is. There are, there are ministers that are quote unquote successful. There was a ministry in the last couple of years. One of the largest in the world got, got taken down. And people say, how? Well, because um, when the lead minister is doing things and participating in things that they shouldn't, I'll just put it to you like this. And don't dig for this. You're just going to have to trust me on it, okay? Because you just go down a rabbit hole you don't want to go down. There are ministers of very large ministries that are so miserable, they, they have to take antidepressants. But yet they're doing, quote, unquote, the work of the ministry. And they have success. I'm talking about tens of thousands are following them. Now, it's not a condemnation thing. I'm saying that many times, and it's in the church because of the business principles that that were not wrong, but they got brought in and they became the God, not God. To the point now, there's a minister that I would venture to guess most business people in here have listened to or have his books who is flat out saying that the church should learn something and has something to learn from the LGBTQ community. And they have tens of thousands of people in his his churches. Like, set it straight out. Statements like, 
What would, what would be one thing that you would tell the church today? He, he made this statement. I would tell them to quit, to, to, to not focus so much on reading the Bible and learn to follow Jesus. <laughs> I mean, man, I might back up like four or five steps if somebody said that near me, you know what I mean? I, I, I would move away from. What's the problem? You're so successful, you think you're God. And you're no longer in obedience. There are ministers now that are calling this person out by name. That's when you know it's getting serious. It's unacceptable. Amen? Because obedience to the word must be, and obedience to the Lord must be priority in our lives. And it's not because we're trying to earn our salvation, because we know we can't do that, but we don't want to find ourselves in contradiction with God. I don't want to. I don't want to find myself in a fight with him over the direction of my life. And the, the thing about God is, is he'll, he'll nudge you, he won't push you. So what I mean, but I should say it this way, he'll lead you, he won't shove you. Like I've had people tell me, I had to get saved, you know, and they, they act like God was like pummeling them. You know what I mean? No, he, he, you had conviction on you, you know. <laughs> but he's not like, he's not making you do it. His love can be compelling, absolutely. But I, God's not like shoving us into trying to force us down a path. He's going, this is the way you should go. This is the way you should go. This is the way you should go. Here's the catcher. The longer we fight him on that, he'll eventually go, okay, you can have what you want. Do you know you can actually pray about something that you're not supposed to have and, you'll, he'll, and he'll let you have it? You want me to prove it to you? Think about the Old Testament. Think about how Saul became king. That was not God's will for the children of Israel. He said that, I don't want that. I'm your king. And yet, he let them have a king. And did it cause problems? So is that God's fault? Right? So many times it's what? It's my disobedience that causes my problem. Amen. So sometimes in the, in, the, in the listening of the grace message or the teaching of the grace message, people have had this mentality of, oh, I'm under grace. I can do whatever I want. It doesn't matter. And I always say, go ahead and lie to your wife continually and see if it doesn't matter. Do it. Just practice it. To prove your doctrine. <laughs> go ahead and uh, cheat your boss repeatedly. Lie to your subs, the subcontractors. Don't pay them what you said you were going to repeatedly. Or tell them you're going to pay them and then don't do it when you say. Just keep doing that. Right? Lie to your kids over and over and see what happens. Am I getting my point across here? Okay. So... Does that mean we're, gonna, we're earning our salvation there? No, it means that, that, if, that if we want salvation to be operative, in, if I want it in my daily life, 
then I have to obey that truth, right? James chapter one. Verse 21 is where we left off last week, which is a great verse. And there's a couple more points here. Therefore, lay aside all filthiness in the overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the, the implanted word which is able to save your souls. So what does that mean, save your souls? It means that it changes your thinking. It's talking about your soul, your mind, will, and emotions. The word of God saves your souls. Your spirit was saved for uh, uh, eternally when you were born again, right? So what needs to change after that? Every Every single epistle deals with this issue. This is the common theme all the way through the epistles, okay? This is the common theme. You're born again, now you need to do something with your mind and do something with your body. That's the main theme of the epistles. Now, I ruined the prayer meeting last week on Tuesday because I told the prayer group that there are no healing scriptures, not very many at all, about physical healing in the epistles. Past the book of Acts, so Romans on. Do you know there's not very many? I'm talking about physical healing. Do you know there's not very many? Go ahead and read through the epistles this afternoon. You can get through them all. They're not that long. (laughs) Read through them and see if you can find a bunch of what you see in the gospels and in the book of Acts as far as healings and stuff like that. You're not going to find a ton. It's not because healing is not for us, contrary to what cessationists think. It's because that subject was dealt with thoroughly. Now the Lord's saying we need to deal with this because this, as far as our mind and our body, directly affects that. I mean, scientifically, they have proven what, what, what the word already knew. If you, if you live in peace, how many know it's better for your internal organs? <laughs> right? Now, there are some natural things we should do, right? You shouldn't live on Twinkies. I know they last forever, but it won't work for you. <laughs> okay? You shouldn't live on McDonald's hamburgers. I know that they can, you know, they don't burn, you know, all of those things. But that's not going to mean it's going to do the same for you. Right? But a Twinkie every once in a while, if that's your thing, it's fine. I don't know why it's your thing, but if it is, go ahead. <clears throat> right? <laughs> but there's some natural things we can, we can do, right? Keep moving. How many know that's a good idea? People say, well, I'm so out of shape, I don't know if I could work out. You can walk around your house for 10 minutes a day. You can walk down the street and back. And if you use your body, there's some principle, natural principles there. But when we walk in love, when we walk in the spirit, when we obey the word of God, there's a direct natural effect from the supernatural that penetrates the soul, including, listen to me, the healing of your wounded emotions. My wounded, in other words, we live in a generation that is very, they said this to me and it was you know, I'll share this testimony. Brother Hagin used to share this. He went to a church. He took a church on uh, that he was elected a pastor of in the Assemblies of God. And he talked about how he moved in. And then they got busy with some things. And they weren't able to be kind of around the church for about a week. And then they were finally at the house. And a lady showed up 
uh, and wanted to talk with him uh, because she had some trouble with another church member um, at their church. And he thought, okay, yeah, come on in, you know, because this is back in the day when, um, like, if, if this was the church, I would live right across the street. That used to be the parsonage for this church. So that was back in the day, you know, the church provided housing for the pastor and all that stuff. And uh, so he lived right, well, you know, so this lady comes over and he's, she's, she said, now, I know you're the new pastor, but I wanted you to tell, I wanted to tell you about something that happened with sister so-and-so. And he always said so-and-so. Or he said sister M and brother S. He never said names. These people were long dead. He still didn't say names. He was just that way. But anyway, so he said, sister so-and-so, and, 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 and she did this, and, and we got in a spat, and uh, all this stuff, and, and she said, but, and, and she said, that was, and she started counting off, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. And he said, I thought she was going to say seven days ago that this happened, because... Um, he had been gone for the seven days. So he thought, man, they got in a spat. We got to fix this. You know, we, we got to fix the fight, right? And uh, she said, that was seven years ago. And he said, I had such a look of shock on my face. It, it must have arrested her because she said, oh, oh, but don't worry. I've forgiven her. And he looked at her and he would always tell us, don't pass her the way I pastored. He said, you might get whipped. He looked at her and he said, you're a bald-faced liar. He said, if you'd have forgiven her, you'd have forgot about it and you wouldn't be talking about it anymore. Ooh-wee. Come on, shout, run, dance, glory. Come on, Pentecostals, roll on the floor over that one. <laughs> I feel the glory. <laughs> you say, do you have to do that? I absolutely have to do it. Because that's how we are. That's how, I should say this, it's not how we were created, but it's how we function sometimes. And then we wonder why promises were frustrated in the promises of God. If I'm constantly thinking about something Heidi did wrong to me 15 years ago, and I'm just going to tell you, your enemy does that. He will bring it up. But if I do that, how much trouble am I going to be in? If I intercede and pray for hours on end but refuse to walk in love, again, obedience, what's going to happen with me? I'll have the promises, but they'll be locked up on the inside of me. Me, the spirit man. We have to, I must, we must, as a church, get away from, it's not fair, they hurt me. Forgive them. Well, I don't feel like it. You're, how did, where, where did we gather the idea that we were gonna feel like walking in faith? It's because we're the spirit-filled camp that loves the feeling. Boy, I'm deep in the river right now. <laughs> if you recognize the anointing instead of your soul, your feelings, you'll realize how deep we are. And it's wonderful. 
If you're driving down a road, the road to work or wherever or whatever you're doing, driving the kids around, whatever it is, and a thought comes to you from a hurt from years ago or somebody did something to you from years ago, you should just say, no, Satan, I'm not taking that because it isn't the Holy Ghost. Now, I don't want to go down that path. I'm just going to stick with this. I have to take every thought Now, if I hear that verse and I go, nobody can do that. Guess what I just did? I cut off the ability to mature. I'm not saying we're doing it in perfection. In other words, flawlessly. But we should be growing in these things until it is just knee-jerk reaction. During COVID, I had a pastor call me uh, from here in town. Uh, I've known for years. And, you know, pastors were communicating because they're like, what do we do? You know, because lockdown and all that nonsense. And they made a statement to me. And at that time, we had got, the Lord had said to me, talking about James, we're going to come out perfect and complete, lacking nothing. And... This minister made a statement, and I didn't even mean to do it, and it just came out of me. It was something opposite to faith, and I wasn't rebuking them. I just was like hair trigger. You know what I mean? Because when you're going through something difficult, you should be hair trigger with the devil. (laughs) The devil's going to come to you and say, it's all going to fall apart. You're not going to make it, and you'll never fulfill everything God's called you to do because this person won't let you do what you have on your heart. Oh, really? Because I read where God told Joshua, no man will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Ooh, that's good, isn't it? Amen or oh me. I'm going with amen. Because this, The enemy is so good. So this person, this minister said something to me. He's so good at what he does. I should say that. If I leave it as the enemy is so good, that could leave a wrong impression. <laughs> He's so good at what he does. He, does. he is good at deception. It's his nature. He's worked so many lies into himself and out and in the system of the world that People don't even realize they're functioning in it. This minister said this to me, and I said, we're coming out perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Do you know how many times I sit down with pastors in places, and they say, oh, you know, and they, they Heidi and I were at a thing a couple of months ago. Uh, it might have been six months at this time. But we were at a thing, we sat down with a minister, and this is a word of faith minister. A person who believes the word of God. They're a spirit-filled camp. You know what I mean? And they looked at us and said, yeah, you guys are probably going through it because of COVID too and your numbers have gone down, huh? People haven't come back. And I just look at them and I say, no. My numbers went up during COVID. My numbers. The, the church went up during COVID. Financially and every other way. No joke. 
In fact, some people came because other people closed. They were so upset with their church that they just left and came here, and they've been in the mud since. What do you mean? Slippery Creek Bank. They came in non-spirit-filled, but they're spirit-filled now. <laughs> you know what I mean by that? They were born of the Spirit, but they hadn't been baptized in the Holy Ghost, but they're spirit-filled now. And it's addictive. It's like, whoa, yeah, this is awesome. Relationship beats religion any day. Hirelings run when the wolf comes. Well, I got to find a new career. This one ain't paying enough. Oh, wolf scared you, huh, shepherd? I said, wolf scared you, huh, shepherd? Glory to God. I love it. Faith is that way. It'll step out under the aching void with nothing underneath it but the word of God. You know, John, I think it was John Wesley. It was one of those old boys. One of them was actually married to a witch and didn't know it. And still had revival. I think there are slides in the spirit, and I think I'm on the playground right now. I am enjoying this very much. <clears throat> I am enjoying this very much. James chapter 1, verse 21. Therefore, lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. Verse 22. But be what? Be what? doers of the word of God and not hearers only. Another translation says, obey the word of God, don't just merely listen to it, or you will only be fooling yourself. <clears throat> okay, we'll do this exercise. Be quick to hear, slow to, slow to, well, you can quote it, but are you doing it? Because if you quote it, but don't do it, then if I quote it, but don't do it, if I quote it, but don't do it, if I quote it, but don't. I did what? What does it say? Deceived? The devil deceived me. <laughs> the devil deceived me. Who deceived me? Well, that's like the devil's best day. Did you see that? That guy just deceived himself. We're out of a job. <laughs> right? We won, yeah. We, we have the victory. Write that down. Report that back to headquarters. We're doing so well, this person is actually deceiving themselves now. <laughs> but a doer is blessed a hearer a memorizer but a not a doer is self-deceived 
If I preach on forgiveness and have unforgiveness toward the congregation, do you think it'll affect my job and my thinking and my walk as a pastor? And the devil actually gets what he wants without even needing to do anything to me, per se. So, what do we see here? We see the importance of obedience being a doer of the word of God. Obedience prevents deception in our lives as believers. It is reasonable to conclude from this verse that if we do not obey what we hear and study and and Oh, steady problems will remain in our lives through deception. In other words, it's reasonable to think if I study and I read and I memorize, but I don't do, then problems are just going to be there. Now, what we do is this, and it's going to happen at the beginning of the year. How many have problems that they're dealing with? People will raise their hands in the church. We're about to enter a 21-day fast. And they'll enter that fast thinking in terms of, God, let go of the promise so I can have it. Fasting does not move God at all. It moves me. Well, I went on that 21-day fast. What happened? I lost 21 pounds. <laughs> There's a whole nother teaching right there. People go on fast just to lose weight. They, uh, anyway, all right, I'm moving on. I'm not going to even go there. <clears throat> I'm not going to even go there. I lost it. But did, did your life change? I lost 21 pounds. <laughs> did, did you, did God, did, what, what happened? Did the, no, I still have all those problems that I had before. But people are really commenting on my profile pic. <laughs> all right, hearing is important because faith comes by hearing. But unless hearing is followed by obedience, the consequences can be tragic. In the parable of the two builders found in Matthew 7, verse 24 through 27, Jesus emphasized the difference between hearers who acted upon what they heard and those who did nothing with what they heard. What do we know about that parable? We know that those who heard and did were built upon a what? Rock. Did the storm come? Wait a minute, the storm came and you obeyed the word? But what happened? The storm blew by and you were still, your house was still standing. My favorite version of this is in Luke, but what happened to the person that heard and didn't do? The Bible says, that their house fell, right? Did you know what else it says? Great was the fall of that house. Well, I just need a prophetic word. I'm giving you one right now. 
Well, I need a prophet to come and tell me and have 45 different visions about, no, you don't. Envision yourself doing this. <laughs> There's more than 45 visions right here. Are you against the prophet? No, I have a prophetic meeting scheduled for 2024 already. I have a prophet coming. And it's not Leanne, she's coming too, but it's not her. I would say prophetess if it was her. Because you know, gender is important. It's a little dig, you know. So, so obedience, being a doer. A doer. Say it with me. I am a doer. Not just a hearer. Therefore, the blessing that I have in Christ Jesus, according to Ephesians 1, verse 3, manifests in my soul, my body, and my natural life. Because I'm a doer. I'm a doer. I do. I obey the word. I love to obey the word. I love to obey the word. I obey the word at the expense of my flesh and my feelings. I love the word of faith. I love where I was trained. Oh, I'm so grateful I went to Rhema. I know there's a there's 100,000 YouTube channels that make fun of him. I don't care. It was awesome, and it has changed my life. I'd rather proof of the puddings in the eating. Right? Glory to God. Did you get anything? Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for your goodness. Lord, we're doers. We're not hearers only. We're going to obey you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen today. If you would like more information about Faith Family Church, including service times and location, visit faithfamilybillings.com.